There's no way out I've got to show them what I've become And there's no doubt Got my back to the wall And I'm still hanging on There's no way There's a pain in my heart, but it's just a game. Good to get over it, won't go insane. Won't achieve anything while I'm down. Don't wanna give out my heavyweighted frown. I'm stopping this now, I'ma turn it around. Heaven's on the ground, now I'm looking at the clouds. Gonna make a change, like a change, bigger getting changed. Gonna stay the same with my mind frame rearranged. Gonna wash the blue out my mind, and my eyes was I blind in my mind. Cause that was old times, cause I'm starting fresh with a clear vision. You can even spell my name in optimism. Just track the M's, an I and the P, and then what you're left with is me. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight's episode of the Zod Ryder Show. I am Zod Ryder, and I have a very, very special guest with me tonight on the show. For those who've been following me and following everything that we have going on right now in regards to hashtag release the Snyder Cut, hashtag Zack Snyder's Justice League 2021, I have Frank in the fandom. He's decided to... Grace me with his presence tonight on the Zod Rider Show. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Man, I've been wanting to talk to you in a in a in a uh, show format for a long time. You know, to get you on here and kind of pick your brain about everything that's been going on because uh, you've been around for a long time. You've been a part of this for about as long as I have, which is to say, you've been around from the beginning. Am I correct? It was funny. There was a somebody tweeted like I remember the, a couple of weeks ago. People were asking like, "When was the first time you used the hashtag release the Snyder Cut?" And I was like, "Oh, I wonder when I did that." And uh, somebody dug up the first time I used it. It was like sometime around May of 2018. So it was a little after, you know, after uh, even the Blu-ray release of Just Justice League. But uh, you know, slowly came around and stuck around ever since yeah well at this point if you're a fan of the dceu and you're a fan of Zack snyder's justice league or a fan of Zack snyder's vision for the dceu unless you've been in been living in a cave you pretty much know what what we're going to be talking about tonight Uh, that's that's for sure um (laughs) i i have i have to say i'm i'm so amped up and excited about about what what's coming up in a couple of weeks and what I'm referring to is the fan event that is being run by the Nerd Meg and the Nerd Queens which is uh Justice Con 2020 and this is a huge huge fan event they're going to have a bunch of great guests a ton of great panels including Zack Snyder himself 
uh, Jay Oliva and, you know, Clay Enos and F- Fabian Wagner and Ray Fisher, just to name, just to name, you know, like run off some of the big names that are going to be a part of this event. And it's Zack Snyder, so I'm pretty sure that he has some uh, surprises in store. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know anything. I don't have any secret information, but if I had to guess, I'd say that there's some, uh, some stuff, some stuff planned that we don't know about yet. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it overall. I think it's going to be a wonderful event. Uh, you know, I myself am personally, uh, going to be involved in crisis on infinite streams with my fellow, uh, four nerds individuals. Um, uh, Zebra Fett, nerdy in many ways, and Sil Abdul. Yeah, we're definitely going to be involved. And also, uh, my good friend Robert Meyer Burnett is going to be joining us for the festivities. And so, Frank, how are you uh, celebrating Justice Con? Oh, my goodness. Well, it's just, I think the way I'm going to do it, if I can't, because currently I'm uh, furloughed from my job at the moment due to the corona. Uh, situation going on so lately i've just been binge watching all the streams that are going on lately so i'm okay. just expect i'm expecting to just chill on my couch and tune in to the justice con and just have my popcorn ready and just enjoy the show it's just it's so much to look forward to like you said with all those guests and even afterwards with the crisis on infinite streams there's just so much content to chew up and digest and just frenzy over it's so exciting I feel like we are uh, literally reaching 2016 levels of hype and beyond <laughs> when it comes it's, to Justice yeah. League. It's the I've heard that so many times throughout the past few weeks, and like I, to me, like 2016 was actually kind of worse than it is now because like it was there was still for me, I like as a fan there was. Like you still had to defend your stance on why you love Snyder's vision and movies, you know, and like there wasn't like the the quick responses of like like I remember, you know, debating with people online back in 2016 like why Batman shouldn't shouldn't kill, you know, and back then I was like I've got nothing, but now it's like well all these other movies had Batman killing, you know, and it's just it just took time to research and look into all those cases and stuff, but like to to defend your Zach's vision and the, the vision that you love and have been enjoying this whole time. That really makes this year a little better than, than 2016 to me. And also on top of that, the fact that there isn't a uh, Marvel to compete with as heavily as 2016 as well. You know, like there was the huge anticipation for infinity war and end game, even though we didn't know it was end game at the time, but at least infinity war part two and like, there was that whole like Marvel versus DC mentality and it still exists today, but it's not as heated as I, I feel nowadays as it was back then, just because of the hype and anticipation and the expectations that people had that weren't fully realized yet. But now that we've got infinity war behind us and we've got Zach's true vision to look forward to, it's super exciting. It was just winning all around. Awesome. Well, what do you think? What well, What do you think, though, in that regard? Do you think it's you know? And when I say that regard, I'm I'm referring to the Marvel uh, position on all of this stuff. Do you think that Marvel is just essentially right now 
a sleeping giant and is just waiting to see where DC is going to go from here because they essentially made their statement with Endgame. So yeah. they've got so now they've got to pick up the pieces of their of their universe or or whatever whatever they consider their their cinematic universe to be. <laughs> they have to pick up the pieces and try to decide where they go after Endgame. And mm-hmm. and now that we have DC which it appears DC is on course to to explode into a multiverse, which yeah. is absolutely fantastic because that's going to give everybody what they want. Yeah, I, I mean, where, where do you see where do you see that where do you see that falling in line? Why do you think at this point in time Marvel has been so quiet and hasn't hasn't made any major announcements or done anything at this point? Do you think they're doing it? out of respect for their DC Comics counterpart to see where they're going to go and what they're going to do? Or do you think that we're at a point where Marvel kind of blew their load with Endgame and they really don't have anything at this time, so now they're just going to wait it out and see where DC goes? Yeah, I think I definitely think it's much more the latter. They they finished their, their initial vision with Infinity War, with fighting the big bad with Thanos, and... You know, so that whole uh, story arc and vision that Feige had for that cinematic universe—that's all wrapped up and done with now. And now it's a matter of figuring out what's what's next for them. And I think they're, I think they, even though you know you hear different directors and pe- producers that are involved with both WB and with uh, Disney and Marvel Studios, you know, you hear them say that, oh, we're not in competition with each other. You know, it's you know, everything's cool and all that. But, like, I think there is, a, even at the studio level, I think there is a subtle competition going on at, in some sense. In some oh, way. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Obviously that there is. I don't know who it was, and I, I don't know who, if you saw this tweet. But there was a tweet that came out not too long ago when it was finally announced that Zack Snyder's Justice League was coming out. And I think it was shortly after... Uh, Zach dropped the Dark Side teaser trailer, and they mm. made somebody had made a comment on uh, somebody on the Disney side or the Marvel side had put out a tweet that said, "Oh look, uh, DC finally has their Thanos." <laughs> I, 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 you know, I kind of and when I when I it's saw funny because it, it was supposed to be a year before Thanos, <laughs> right, 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 right. When I mean, if it went, if if. You know, if Warner Brothers didn't sabotage themselves, you would have had you would have had uh, Darkseid before you had Thanos. Yeah. And what and what a lot of Marvel fans don't understand is that you know Darkseid actually predates Thanos. Yeah. And yeah. not not only that, but they have two totally different viewpoints. And they're and I and I believe they're both Jack Kirby creations. Yeah, yeah, the new gods so, and uh, yeah and, and yeah. So so to me, so to me, it's like you know, um, it's not it's not that DC finally got their Thanos. It's that DC is finally moving forward with what they were supposed to have had originally. They're finally exactly. going to give us what they promised us. And, and again, I, I, 
have no doubt as a Zack Snyder fan and as a DCEU fan that uh, that Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to be a game changer. Oh, 100%. We are, we are at a point now where I, I'm, I'm really, really glad that Marvel blew their load because now it's like, okay, okay, we, we, had, your, we, had, your, we had your minor we had your minor league Thanos thing over here. That was great. That was nice, Marvel, but now, <laughs> now things are really going to get serious, and you're going to oh, see yeah. what a real game-changing comic book what what game changing comic book cinema really is, and we're yeah. talking about cinema here because we're saying Zack Snyder. We're not talking about you know as Martin Scorsese put it, an amusement park theme park event. We're not talking about that. So Marvel. So in a way, I'm kind of glad that it's it it turned it worked out the way that it did because now we're getting this after we're getting this post the Infinity War post. The end game. So now, it's gonna give it's gonna give it's gonna give Zack Snyder the chance to, to you know, to silence his critics and to totally, you know, totally open up open up the genre on a different level altogether. Yeah. And, and that's what I, that's that's what I completely expect. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think we're we're in a situation where where it's gonna be underwhelming. I don't think it's gonna be. I think that. That Snyder is going to face the wrath of the vloggers and the mainstream media. I don't think that no matter how good Zack Snyder's Justice League is, I don't think it's going to really it's going to change any of these people's minds on this one side. Because mm-hmm. what I think it's going to do is it's just go it's just going to make things worse because these people already know that they lost and they're upset. Because their egos have been hurt. Because now, this is something that that they were one hundred percent convinced was never going to happen. Mm, and now yeah. that it's going to happen, if they were to turn around and come around in support of it and say that it was good, or say that they liked it, or anything positive about it, once it happens, you know that'll that'll look badly on them. They'll they think. So I so to me I expect be, yeah so interesting to see what their reaction would be from all sides really yeah you know, I, that's what I'm expecting I I'm yeah. expecting nothing but negativity from the side that from everybody that hated uh, Batman v Superman I believe that if you didn't like Batman v Superman you're not gonna like where Zack Snyder takes Justice League I think mm. that's I think that's just the facts but I also think that you know. For a movie as universally panned as Joss Whedon's Justice League, <laughs> Justice League as it's referred to, I don't think I don't think anybody is going to be able to say. And see, that's another thing I think Zach has in its fa- in his favor. They're going to all come out wanting to crap on it, but we all know they're going to get they're going to be blown away by it, and they're going to be thinking, "Oh my God, I don't." That that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that none of these people are going to actually like. Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm saying that they're not going to admit that they like Zack Snyder's Justice <laughs> League. But the yeah. reality is, is that it, it's it, there's no way that you're going to be able to look at look at Zack Snyder's Justice League objectively and say, "Well, it wasn't any better than what they put in theaters." I mean that right. that little that little teaser trailer that we just got 
was better than what yeah. we got in theaters. Yeah. So I, all I, the people I, that want to say that, oh, I wish they did it in a more Marvel way. I wish Snyder's cut was more of a Marvel way. Well, you got the Marvel way with Justice League. So it's like you've got. And you didn't versions. go see it. Yeah. And so it's, you know, you, you got what you wanted and it was shown for what it is. It was crap. And so, you know, it just goes to show when you think you know what you want, you really don't know what you want. You know, and that's the beauty of a director's vision and auteur filmmaker like Snyder as he delivers to you something you don't know that you wanted. Like, I didn't know that I wanted a warehouse fight scene of Batman killing, like, thugs. That was the most badass scene I've ever seen of Batman on screen. And he delivered it to us, and I didn't even... Hard to, half the population didn't know they wanted to see that, but we did, you know? It's fantastic. Especially when you look at that warehouse scene, you know, going off on that for a second, that warehouse scene being that beautiful piece of art that it actually is. I mean, it comes right out of the comic books. It comes right out of the the, the epically popular Arkham video games. Mm, it's yeah. it's fantastic. So, you, you, you know, and you, you can actually take that moment and crystallize it and say, this is one of the truest Batman moments that we've ever witnessed on screen. And to me, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. It, it puts everything in perspective. You could take that one moment and say, okay, no matter what you think of Zack Snyder, you cannot watch this scene and say he does not get Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He totally, just like with everything that Snyder did with, I mean, all the characters really, when you look at it, you can go character to character with Batman and Bruce Wayne with the costume design to his psychological pathos of Bruce Wayne and Batman to the whole aesthetic and vibe of Wayne Mariner and his his house and how he carries himself and the cars that he's got and how he rigs up the Batmobile. And then you go over to Superman and all the awesome stuff that he injected into Superman with Man of Steel and the Kryptonian culture and just character to character, Snyder totally proves that he knows and understands all these characters in this universe. And so it's just a matter of getting the audience and the viewers to get on the same page. And uh, I think that's part of the hard work that us fans are. Uh, that's where our role comes into play with helping people understand the vision. Like when uh, I remember a couple weeks and months ago, um, I showed Man of Steel to one of my friends that never saw it before. He's like, yeah, wasn't it bad? And people didn't like it. And I was like, you know, just just give it its chance. Give it, give it, give it a chance. Check it out. And we watched it together. And he's like, bro, this is amazing. And it's like, yeah, I mean, trust in Snyder, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, you know, I say it all the time. And in Zach Snyder, we trust. And here's here's my my question to you: Do you believe that Zach Snyder is ahead of his time? Oh yeah. About like ten years ahead of his time, because like yeah, just yeah. now, people are starting to appreciate Watchmen. Just now, you know, and s- people are slowly coming around with Sucker Punch a little bit too, and also a little bit with Man of Steel. But like, you know, I I totally agree that you know he's hundred percent ahead of his time for sure. Oh yeah, and the irony of it all is that we still have not seen Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch. So note yeah. to 
note to HBO Max. That that that's something that's something else. <laughs> a little I, plug, a little uh, you know. I feel HBO, I feel like we have an interest for it. Yeah, Jason yeah, Keeler, if you're tuning in. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be amazing. That that would actually be a wonderful thing, and I and I think we'll get it. I mean, I, I'd actually seen you know, uh, you know, uh, for uh, Guardians of Gahul. Is there another? Is there another? Uh, is there a Zack Snyder director's cut of that? If there is, <laughs> put that on HBO Max. I mean, we're at a point now where there's nothing stopping you. All these movies are just sitting on hard drives now. You can just you know hit. Hit the hit the execute button and get it over to where it needs to be. And to me, I, I, I'm 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 sitting here thinking I I would have I have no doubt that once Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out on HBO Max and it's the massive hit that we both know that it's going to be, that it's going to just open the floodgates and HBO mm. Max. We're gonna we're gonna end up seeing we're gonna see director's cuts of everything. We're oh, gonna yeah. get that. We're gonna get that long cut of Man of Steel. We're gonna get that even longer cut of BVS. We're gonna Man, get that. You, you see the uh, at the Hollywood uh, Reporter article during the announcement of the Snyder cut. At the very end, Snyder made a comment that was alluding to the notion, like, "I'm really grateful for HBO Max for uh, providing a place to." showcase director's visions in a sense like that was the gist of it and it was kind of yeah, like yeah like an open call for other directors to be like hey if you want your director's vision to be shown for you know what you intended uh, uh, the, joe Schu- the joe schumacher cut of batman forever yeah. i think that's i think that's happening too i, I think yeah. we're gonna get that too because why are there all these articles popping up about it the 170 minute version of batman forever it's gonna happen we're gonna get it i am mm. almost I, I would be willing to put money on it at this point i'm so confident that it's that it's happening like they're, they're not i i think yeah it, hbo max could could all for all intents and purposes be the director's cut hub for streaming services yeah, I totally. mean, I, I I could just that's what make it, see it. That's what will make it special. Cause uh-huh. You can't you can't get it with Disney Plus. You can't get it with uh, you know, well a little bit with Netflix, but um, not to that extent of like all the director's cuts come into one hub kind of thing. You know. Oh yeah, and yeah. Well, I mean, it's already. I mean, I, I don't know. It's already started with HBO Max though. They've yeah. got the directors. They've got the. Uh, the ultimate edition of BVS. They've got uh, the director's cut of Doctor Sleep. Yeah, they've got a few. <laughs> it's already starting. HBO Max is planting the seeds of what they're going to eventually be known for, and and we're we're sitting here saying it now. You know, those listening to the show that that's what HBO Max is going to be. They're going to be the home. For the for these directors' visions, you're gonna be you're, we're gonna get all that. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, you know an alternate cut or a director's cut of Wonder Woman pop up on there at some point mm. too. It that would be surpri- great. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you're 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 opening the and and it's all thanks to the Snyder cut. Once the Snyder cut is released, that's that's gonna that's gonna change the way these these movies are viewed. It's already changing. It's already changed the landscape as yeah. a whole like literally overnight this announcement has changed everything but yeah. the idea that the idea behind director's cuts yeah i mean you once they see it's a massive success 
they're not going to have any argument when it comes to deciding whether or not to do that. They know they'll have made the right decision. And I, I couldn't be more excited. I love, I love director's visions. And I'm one of those people who, who almost always prefers the director's cuts to the theatrical versions of the films. Yeah, with the, same. Rare, with, the, with the rare exception being the original Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> oh, you like the uh, the specialized editions better? No, I like the oh. original editions. Oh, oh okay. I the, got original you okay. The, the original I theatrical cuts that were not tampered with, that were not messed with. Because, and, and in that instance, going off on a different, on a different note slightly for, for this moment, the, the, you know, the, the Star Wars, the problem with the, you know, with the original trilogy is not, in my mind, is not so much that George Lucas tampered with them and, and added stuff that he thought was more appropriate because he's the creator and that's his, his vision. If he wants to change it, that's fine. But the problem is that he kept changing the movies. With every new release, the movies would be changed. So you don't really know what his vision for the movie is. So I don't feel like you can count any of the, uh, any of the visions that he puts out as like, as like a director's cut because he hasn't settled on like a definitive director's cut for his for his vision for Star Wars, because every time they put out a new, uh, a new release, home release for Star Wars, it's altered in some way that's different from the previous release. So you, so yeah. you, 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 can't really, you can't really gauge it. You're like, okay, well, what's your director's cut? What's your vision? What's your, like, I like with how, like, in the case of Blade Runner, Ridley Scott finally put an end to it and released Blade Runner, the final cut. And it says it right in there, the final cut. That's his definitive take on the film. That's his final cut on the film. There's okay. not, you know, he's done. He's finally done with it. The final cut, that's it. And to me, that was the best thing he could have did because there's like seven or eight different versions of Blade <laughs> Runner out there. You could, you could, they released an entire uh, box set several years back that oh, had yeah. like all these different versions of the movie. It even had like the, I remember most notable, it was being promoted. They had this uh, version of the movie called the Denver work print, which was, which was controversial in a lot of different ways. And I, and I watched it and I thought it was cool, but ultimately I still prefer the final cut, his final, because that's his vision. That's what his vision was for it all along. That's what he wanted. We finally got it. And when we got that, I was like, okay, I'm cool now. I'm, I'm satisfied, you know, and, and that's yeah. how, you know, that's how I feel about all these films. That's why I like, like with, you know, with like the ultimate, the ultimate edition of BVS. Yeah. It's funny. We love and, the ultimate and- edition of BVS, but yet I have a sneaking suspicion that the, that the extended uh, ultimate cut of BVS isn't even at this moment, Zack Snyder's true director's cut i feel like he has another cut of it out there somewhere that he wants us to see at some point but oh sure yeah i mean there's you know you hear about all those deleted scenes of uh you know and you see the images too of like uh clark in bed and lois patting him on the back and then hearing about uh superman trying to listen for martha but you know being distracted with all the noise of the city you know and all those little moments that help to flesh out the story just a little bit more and uh 
you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if we get that. Like, it'd be really dope if there was like a, a packaged ultimate pack of Snyder's saga, Snyder Superman saga. That's what I would call it. And you have like a extended cut of Man of Steel, a longer bit of BVS with those extra scenes that we didn't see. And then, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the full gamut all in one. You know, that would be dope. I, to I think it's going to be, time. I think we're going to get it. We'll get it on, we'll get it on HBO Max. That's what I think will happen. I think you'll yeah. get like a long, like a long epic for, an epic for streaming. Like what they yeah. did with the, like what they did with the Godfather movies um, when they did it, when they did it like a novel for television and they released all three of them with additional material you know, padding mm. it out in chronological order, giving us the entire, giving us the entire story from beginning to end. And I think, I think that's something that they might, they might end up doing with Zack Snyder, especially. I'd be beautiful. If, especially if Justice League is as successful as we know we're going to make it. I mean, I, I, I have to say, it's like <laughs> I've been, I've been playing Batman v Superman, the Ultimate Edition on HBO Max. Every day I'll oh, have same. it on on in the background while I'm yeah. doing something. I might be working. I might be because I've been working at home uh, since the pandemic. You know, since this pandemic started, I've been working at home from home since March 31st. So I pretty mm. much everything that I you know that I do. It's like now I've got Batman v Superman on in the background, whether I'm watching it or you know just listening to it a little bit. I've got it playing while I'm doing other things and I've had it like going like that every day since they put it up on the, on the site, on the, yeah. uh, on the service. I want to make sure that they know that that is a welcome thing and that, that we, yeah, we got to make, I mean, and, and they know because they're going to see these streaming numbers, the way we keep rewatching right. stuff. They're going to know digitally. It's going to, it's going to be a massive success. I mean, it's yeah. probably Bump already those viewer numbers. Our, yeah. Bump those viewers. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. Like, uh, you know, make that reward them for that gesture that they've done, you know, for Snyder's vision, you know, and just just play it even if you're not going to watch it, you know, just play it in the background, do something else. Even if you're going to like walk the dog or something and come back later, you know, just just have it, have, have it on. Yeah. I, I, that's what I love. I love just having it on there in the background. And I've got HBO Max installed on all my devices, my phone, my tablet, <laughs> my TV, my PlayStation. Is there and, a I mean, limit to the devices or no? I, I don't know. I've, I see because I've, I've, I've installed it on everything that I have. I've even, there's even a uh, workaround for those that have a, uh, have a Fire Stick because right now it's not on Amazon oh, okay. Fire Stick. So you can... You can download it off of a different website. You can download the APK file off of a different uh, website, and you can sideload it to your Fire Stick, and you can pull it up on your Fire Stick and watch it. So I've got it on the Fire Stick. I've got it on the on the PlayStation. I've got it on my tablet, and I've got it on my phone. So I've nice. got it on every device that I that I use. So this way, if it you know, and no matter what, I I can pull it up no matter what I'm doing. So it's kind yeah. of like so in that regard, you know, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful app in that in that it's just it just needs to get more they just need to make that finally make that deal with Roku and with uh right. and with Fire TV so that it's so that it's massively available for everyone. Right. Um, and eventually internationally two, eventually too. Oh, that too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I think they're gonna take 
they're going to take the DC Universe app and they're going to um, absorb that into right. HBO Max. So because they got season two of Doom Patrol up on HBO Max now, so yeah, yep, they move forward with that and. Like personally, with the DC, I have the DCU app, and personally, the one thing that I like—actually, two things—I do like the Harley Quinn show, that's hilarious to watch, but also the uh, Titan show, I, I appreciate it a little bit. Yeah, and, and both f- are moving to HBO Max, so. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been, but I have. I mean, I have, I have to give HBO Max credit. I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying it every day since they since they launched. They've got a lot of great content, mm-hmm. and they're gro- they're growing every month. It's it's incredible. Um, I you know I'm super excited, and I just wanna I just wanna uh, you know see it get see it get bigger and bigger. I mean I I definitely I and I and I had tweeted this out. You know once they made the announcement, I'm like I'm gonna be a lifelong. Uh, HBO Max subscriber. <laughs> yeah. You'll never I'll never I'll never cancel it. If I ever get into a point where I'm struggling financially and I have to cancel streaming services, HBO Max would be the last one that I cancel. That's right. Yeah. That's for <laughs> that's, sure. that's a good question. What's it gonna take for us to cancel HBO Max? Like well uh like even if it was like the fourteen bucks was like the last thing in your piggy bank would and, Right, right, right. Then, it's, know, like, like, it's like, oh, well, maybe I'll, it's like, I'll well, all I have left, <laughs> I have all I have left to eat right now for the rest of the month is crackers, and I don't have any money. <laughs> ramen noodles, that's it. S- ramen noodles. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it's so funny. You said that I've got two big boxes of ramen noodles in the corner over there. Those are those chicken are like beef. are great when you're starting. I've got uh, I've got chicken. I can't. Nice. That's the I way to go. Stand, I can't go. stand the beef because the beef is too salty. The the stuff you put on the top, it's too okay. salty. It's yeah. like it'll, it'll, it really gets your blood pressure going, man, the, with the <laughs> beef. No, but yeah, they're chicken. So I got them off. I got them two great big boxes of them. And it's like, if I run out, I'll buy more. Those are, those are great, man. Especially when you're, when you're on a tight budget and you're trying oh, to, yeah. I mean, That's college food. That's college ne- food. Yeah. You ne- you'll <laughs> never start. You'll never starve with those things. And that, yeah. that, that, that's exactly what it is. It's like, Okay, I, I I I really need to get some groceries, but there's the thing, I want I want to keep HBO Max. I've already canceled all the other services. I'll eat ramen noodles for another month. It'll be okay. Honestly, that that's that's what it'll be. It'll all work out. <laughs> I mean we're I mean we gotta we gotta be we gotta be serious here. We gotta support we gotta support this because we don't we don't want them to. We don't want it to waver in any way. We want to continue no. to show them that it's that this is what we're this is what we're basically living for. Dedicated to this company, one hundred percent dedicated. <laughs> and I mean, what? And speaking of being one hundred percent dedicated, Frank, what do you think of the way AT and T has been responding to fans since oh the announcement God. was made? It's so beautiful to see. It's like it's I can't. I don't know if I can articulate like the the way it makes me feel to see that type of exchange online with like because you know ever since uh, BVS released you know the studio has felt kind of like ashamed and disgraced by having Snyder movies you know and so like the online interactions between the um, 
the fans and the official accounts on Twitter or even elsewhere. It's kind of like they were ashamed, like, yeah, that was a thing that happened, but we're trying to do this instead. And But ever since the May 20th with the announcement, it's like, hey, guys, you know, we're here. We're, you know, welcome you in and, like, we love your energy. Like, they're telling us to trend the hashtag, you know? It's like, what is going on? Like, it's so wild. Right. It turns, It's like turn. They've they've literally turned things upside down. And I feel like they are finally their eyes are open to the idea that now they're going to have eternal goodwill from this group of from this fan base. Oh, they've, yeah. they've got a forever installed fan base at this point because of what they've done. So it, it's almost like, you know, and, and I can't believe that, you know, it, it took them to come in and slap Warner Brothers and say, hey, we're doing, hey, we're doing this. Whatever you got, whatever you guys wanted to do and whatever Jeff Johns wanted to do over here, we're doing this. You guys, you know, go sit down. I mean, it's amazing. It's just, a, it's like, and it really does feel and not only is it wild and weird, but it just feels just as bizarre and strange as everything else that's happened in these last this last half a year. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. Nobody nobody in their right mind could have ever predicted that that the majority of us would be shackled inside due to a pandemic. No, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And and then to top it off, that now now not only that, they're actually they're actually releasing the Snyder cut. I mean, what world are we living in? It's like really? It's like, this is I, it's I, like I the swear. universe hit a black hole and we just jumped to a multiverse or something. I don't know. Right. Right. It, it 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 totally fits, you know, a theory that I've had that I've had, you know, for a long, long time, that we li- that we literally live in a multiverse, that our lives, our every decision we 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 make, is affected in a way where we are we are just in whatever appropriate you know reality, you know, we need to be in based off of the decisions we've made, and I guess all of us that have made the decision to continue championing this, you know, this Snyder cut, have somehow ended up. In this in this bizarre timeline, where yeah, we're getting not only are we getting the Snyder Cup, but it looks like we're going to be uh, boarded up in our houses watching it because <laughs> we're not going to be going. It's it's so strange, but it just almost it it has a very very uh, surreal feeling to it. At least as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm happy as hell that it's happening, and I'm excited, and right. I'm more excited to be a DC fan than I think I've ever been in my entire life. But at mm. the same time, it's like, my God, the, the, all it took was the entire world had to turn upside down to make it happen. <laughs> you, you know, like, yeah. this is what it took. Like, it, it's, almost, it's almost the equivalent of, like, say, hell freezing over, in a sense. Yeah, sometimes, like, I, I think of it this way. Like, sometimes you have to go through hell before you get to heaven kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no. it it, do, it does feel that way. Like it feels like you, you're, you know, for everything negative and and bad that's happened over this over these past, and we've had quite you know quite a quite a turbulent you know uh, first half of the of 2020 yep. here on planet Earth. 
So, to, to you know, and, and, and to get, but to get this, to get this nugget of positivity. I mean, I know it's, you oh, know, yeah. and people, people say, oh, yeah, but it's only a movie. No, you don't understand. It's not just a movie. It's right. more than a movie. At this point, it's, it's, it's a, it's, um, it's, it's almost like an, it's an ideology. It's a, it's right. a, it's, it's a, it's a way of life in a sense. It's become, it's become an entity amongst its, amongst itself that's bigger than that's larger than life and has essentially become way more than a movie I mean, yeah the, I, I, the way i've I, seen the whenever i see the hashtag release the snyder cut or Zack snyder's justice league it's the what that always meant for me was um i could re, uh interchange it with justice for zach yes you know and so it's like you know the releasing this movie it's only a sign it's only a gesture or a you know a symbol of the justice that Zach and his family and all the cast and crew deserve for what happened in 2017 you know and so you know to see that finally being delivered through AT&T intervention it's just so and like I remember I was rewatching um some like uh, videos and live streams from the day of the announcement and Ray Fisher was doing a stream and he was talking with Zach. It was like, I think it was the nice cast or yeah, something that, like that. That was a, that was a wonderful one. I watched that yeah. too. Yeah. And Ray Fisher was like, yeah, the, the sun feels brighter. The wind blows a different way. And it's like, yeah, the world finally, you know, it has something good to celebrate, you know, with this because it's more than a movie. It's, it's about justice for what was done wrong in 2017 for all these people. And it's great to see that turnaround. And that's, that's, that's what makes the celebration. And, you know, we're going to see that celebration continue with justice con with AFSP panels and ink to the people panels. And, you know, that type of uh, larger than a movie theme uh, is going to be carried and amplified through justice con. And I can't wait to, to feast on it. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's almost like, you know, it's just another way of the world doing whatever it has to do to right itself. Yeah. It's like almost like, yeah, there's so many wrongs. There's so many, so many injustices on the planet. And the, you know, sometimes the only way, the way to fix things is to turn things upside down. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Because, you know, as fans, the reason why us fans trended and began this movement of release the Snyder Cut is because we recognize, even as just casual people that aren't have any uh, insider business industry knowledge, we saw from the outside what was that Zach and the crew were done dirty by the studio with, with what was done. And so, you know, it's that. Uh, grassroots voice and community just uniting, coming together and building that singular voice for, you know, that outcry of justice for Zach and his family and cast and crew to the studio to, to release it. And, you know, so that's that whole dynamic, that whole story that's going to be told with Sean O'Connell's book. And I can't wait to read it. Oh, yeah. um, um, that's that whole thing. That's, that's an example of, the world seeing justice happen and something good happening in the world. And it's a beautiful story. 
I'm hoping that the book comes out, speaking of Sean O'Connell, that it comes out at least a month before the <laughs> release of the actual Snyder Cut on HBO Max because yeah. I want to get I want to get a copy of that book for every naysayer I know in real life <laughs> who who for uh, for for all the time there's no Snyder Cut it's not happening why do you keep what are you doing I can't <laughs> wait I cannot wait. I'm going to get a copy of that book for everybody. I'm just going to be I'm going to be passing them out. When 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 Sean O'Connell puts the pre-order up, I'm ordering a box of them. Yeah. yeah. It's like that that's how I feel about it. Like, you know, at this point yeah. we just we we just have to like we're just like, okay, they're going to be teaching, they're going to be teaching the release the Snyder cut yeah. lesson in schools. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be in colleges, universities, maybe even in high school curriculums, who knows. But it is. It, it, it this is a historical thing. People have no idea just how big of a deal it actually it actually is, you know. Yeah, this whole story it's so unprecedented and, and like you you never see something like this happen to this extent to this level in the film industry or entertainment industry. In well, that's why so many people thought that it would never happen. Yeah. Because uh, because the things that had to the stars the way the stars had to align for this yeah. to actually occur is nothing short of a miracle the yeah. way that the in the way that it the way that it all did i mean and you're going to have people that are going to say well you know if it wasn't for the pandemic you probably wouldn't have got your snyder cut and it was like we'll be like uh uh-uh, uh that's not true because we know that plans for the snyder cut were in effect after that major tweeting event in November of last year. Yeah. There were plans for it. It was going to happen pandemic or no pandemic. The only yeah. difference the only difference is that we might have gotten it sooner than we're getting it now. Right. Because the pandemic has pushed everything back. That's right. that's really the only that's really the the only thing that I can think of that that's hindered it in any way. We we would have gotten it cuz we did what we needed to do in november yeah oh man i remember that day so well it was, it was beautiful like i think it was during it was it was november so it was around like thanksgiving it weekend was the or seven, something. Well, I, I believe it was the, the the 19th wasn't it wasn't it the 19th uh the the 17th because that the was 17th. the 17th two-year anniversary yeah yeah the 17th so it was the yeah it was the 17th i, I just remember every we were all we were all tweeting our butts off yeah, I was, it, like, it was every five minutes. I was tweeting like something. I was like, I, if you scroll back to my timeline, it's going to be buried somewhere. But like, if you scroll back, I was like, release the Snyder Cut for children's sake, you know, just like stupid stuff like that. But like, just to help to get it trending, you know. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. And then you know when you when you started having the chorus of cast and crew members oh my gosh and then other people when that happened when other affleck people in hollywood it. too yeah oh my god when when affleck tweeted it, i think i took that as like the sign sealed delivered uh sign that like we're getting this movie oh yeah because like with the clout that affleck has in hollywood like you can't you can't turn down affleck if he comes around and says you know what i want to release help release the snyder cut and the studio's gonna be like no like what like you're gonna tell Affleck no, like you're you're stupid to even consider that. You know? Right. And so it's like when, when that happened, I was like, Oh my gosh. And then it sunk 
it was the announcement didn't really hit me with like how real it was coming, like how real uh, the reality was of the Snyder Cut coming. It was the two-year anniversary when it hit me. It was like, oh my gosh, like this thing really is going to be coming because like you know you can't turn down Affleck, you can't turn down Godot, you know, for their support, you know, and it's like right. And, I, I believe yeah. if there was no chance of it happening. They wouldn't have tweeted out nothing. <laughs> There's no way, yeah. you know. If they're they're gonna they they gotta be in the know if they're gonna tweet. Yeah, yeah. I it was mean, fantastic. The, all the steps that we've gone through for the past few years. For you know, you think back to all the different campaigns that we did. Like I remember early on, oh, I think yeah. it was calling 20- the stu- call, I remember calling the studio and t- and <laughs> and talking to the and talking to the. Uh, talking to Walter Hamada's personal assistant. Yeah. I remember yeah. I remember I remember doing that. I remember those campaigns. I remember yeah. the, the the physical letters. And, yeah, oh yeah. my god. Remember this <laughs> remember the Snyder dollars? Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's I so, mean, we uh, sent we sent <laughs> we stuffed Snyder Snyder dollars in an envelope to add start off with a letter. Oh my god, it was insane. When you think of all the it was like it was like the it was like the mother of all when you take the release the Snyder Cut movement as a whole, it was like the mother of all fan campaigns. I yeah. mean, we like we took a page out of everybody's playbook whenever they've tried to send a message to the studio to release something or to or to you know renew. Yeah. It's usually to renew. You know what? It's usually to renew a canceled TV show, where mm-hmm. they'll send. I believe like one of the shows was. One of the shows that was on the was on the verge of cancellation and still ended up getting canceled. Uh, the the one of the campaigns was to send because the show took place in San Francisco. So the so the uh, the camp the fan campaign was to send boxes of rice aroni to the studio, <laughs> and the studio was just was oh like flooded. <laughs> Imagine with, now. With, Imagine now if we were still campaigning, we'd be sending pineapple pizza to Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, pineapple pizzas every, at literally every five minutes, pineapple stacks and stacks of pineapple pizzas would be arriving from different people that would you know would throw money in there. I I could I wouldn't put it at this point. I wouldn't put it past us. We probably that's probably what it would be like right now. We'd probably be in the midst of the pineapple pizza event. I, I could totally see it. Like it makes sense considering all the things we've done. We've uh, Zach I mean, says you, you, he approves it. The studio has to approve it too. <laughs> <laughs> the studio's like, yeah. So now, do you do you do you like pineapple pizza or not? It doesn't matter because that's all you're getting. You're gonna get. You're gonna end up with stacks and stacks of pineapple pizza. Emmerick says he doesn't like pineapple pizza. We're canceling him. <laughs> He's gonna have to. Well, he's gonna. He was gonna. He would have to get used to it because there it would be. Yeah. And we would do. And we would do that at that point just to be a nuisance. I think that would be a great. I think that would be a great. Would be a great fan campaign. That would be a great one to have done. It's just sad. It's sad. It's sad. We didn't. We didn't get around to that one. <laughs> we we finally we 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 gotten ahead of it. We didn't have to do the pineapple pizza, but that that would have been one. I already know it would have been. For sure, it totally would have been. I think there would have been there would have been the pineapple pizza one. There would have been the, and then there would have been another campaign. Send your 
send your DVD and Blu-ray copies of Justice League back to the studio. Mm, yep. So the studio would have been flooded with packages of like of like, you know, old, you know, all the old Blu-rays and DVDs. Yeah, and make sure to scratch them too so you can't reuse them. They can't sell them again. And they can't just <laughs> just rebuff them and and and, and 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 you know resurface them and refurbish them, and then the next thing you know, they're back back on the shelves in new packaging. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so much when you think about all the campaigns that we did. I remember the one that 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 bugged me the most was I had sat down. And I think it literally took me like two to three hours to write when we were when we did the letter writing campaign to Walter Hamada. Oh, you you must have wrote a really long letter then. <laughs> I mean, I said it was about it was about four or five pages. I hand oh, really? Wrote it. Okay. I yeah. hand wrote it, and I and I literally wrote out everything you know everything that I'd been feeling at the time. I remember mm. telling him. I remember you know getting personal and talking about you know, my personal connection to to these movies and how, you know, Zack Snyder's uh, vision for Superman had changed my life and the different mm-hmm. different elements, you know, you know, the family connections and different things that were important to me. And I remembered writing, writing and writing and writing. And I remember thinking, gee, I wonder if he'll I wonder if he'll actually ever read this letter. Right. I remember yeah. thinking that after I'd gotten done writing it, because I felt because I had so much to say, it the letter practically wrote itself, mm. and and mm. when I and when I mailed it out, I thought to myself, I kept thinking, well, I don't know. I mean, will he actually read it? Does he have people that are going to read this for him, or is he going to just, or are they just when they get these letters, they're going to open them and throw them away? Are they even going to read them? I wonder what happens mm. when we, what really happens when we send studios letters like what we did. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I think that there was. I remember somebody said that uh, for at least one of those letter campaigns that like they they saw him and they you know it it definitely you know made an impact and you know the I think the gist of it was that our voices were heard with one of them at least with one of those letter campaigns. Yeah, yeah, I think and, so. Uh, I think but, that was the one, though. I think it was the Hamada one. I don't remember hearing much about the Sarnoff one where we sent Snyder yeah. dollars, but I do remember. <laughs> but I mean, but that's what I mean. It's like we can go back and we can think about all these campaigns yeah. and all the stuff we were involved in, and say, and say, "Wow, this is what yeah." It remember took when we used to, to fight here. for the starter cut? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, this is what it took to get here. <laughs> this is like uh, where we had to go, you know. And when that that first yeah. plane banner flying over Warner Brothers, I mean, look, we it, it, to me. I, I remember thinking at first when the when the idea was suggested about flying the plane banner over, I remember being like, I don't know if that's a good idea. That might make us look that might make us look a little nutty, you know, if we start I thought it was cool at the time, like But then was... at the time it's like, nah, you know what? It, actually, you know what? That this is probably what we need that's probably what we need to do. We need to think outside keep thinking outside the box. Yeah. Like what when the first time they did that, I think it was, it might have been, oh man, I don't remember when they first did that plane banner thing, but um, I remember thinking like, if we as a movement could m- gather together enough money to do that, 
then the studio would be like, wow, they, somebody put the money together to do that, so there's money worth investing in the Snyder Cut. That was right, what was going through, right. through my head at the time because money was a big issue back right. then, you know? Right. And so, and of right. course, throughout the years with all the charity campaigns for AFSP and all the money that we've raised for that, and it's so awesome and fantastic that that's been done. Uh, but, like, I consider that, like, hey, if you think that there isn't, if the Snyder Cut isn't worth money, there's there's the proof with the AFSP donations. Like, that's that's the proof right there, you know, to my eyes. But, yeah, well, yeah, that's 100% proof. You can look at the thing, you can look at it as a whole and see that, see the, the, the financial, you know, economic viability of it through all right. of those events. I mean, because right. those events are not, those events are not cheap. They're not free. They cost money. Right. People are willing to pay for what they love. They're willing to pay to support what they believe in. And that's, that's priceless, and that's, really. Honestly. And the thing is, when, the, when that type of passion is rewarded, you're going to bet that each and every of us fans that have contributed that passionately in that way, we're going to buy multiple copies of the Snyder Cut. Oh, so, like, God, yes. we're going to make sure that that money's worth is well rewarded. Like, you know, we're I'm planning on buying at least a dozen, just, uh-huh. you know, like one for myself and the rest I'll share with friends and family, you know. Like, I'm totally going to buy multiple copies of the Snyder Cut, for sure. Oh, yeah. Again, you know, bo- a box, boxes of them. I mean, yeah. I want to have, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's like, it's like when they when they think well well you know you gave already gave us the Snyder Cut book yeah and here's a copy of the Snyder Cut <laughs> the companion piece you know here's the companion piece I bought that for you too <laughs> you know I, I you know at here's this the point, movie that people said never would happen yeah, and here's this the story the of how he did that, right <laughs> this is what you you thought would not was not ever going to happen well here you go take a look. <laughs> I just would be I, great I, if like they captioned like you know on the on a box. Sometimes they put on like the the Blu-ray or DVD case with like a a quote from like a critic. Yeah, yeah, like, like the, the like on that like on that fake like on that fake uh, the fake uh, Snyder cut cover where they put uh, our, our prayers have finally been answered. Snyder yeah, yeah. fan fifty one. <laughs> like, like, like a quote from John Campion, this movie wouldn't exist, and it's like on the cover of the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, movie that doesn't said exist. Never be made. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. It did the move the movie. No, yeah, and that would be the that should be the big cover on the back of the cover. That should it should that's what it should say. The movie that doesn't exist has yeah. arrived. That's a selling point right there. That's a huge selling point. It doesn't exist, but here it is. <laughs> You know, I, I still when when you when you really break it down, Frank, and I, and I'm loving our conversation, man. It's just nice to go back to somebody who's been there, you know, who's been there, who's been in it, and we've all been in it. We've been in it for so long, and to go back and to think about all this great stuff, and to and to re, you know, to go back and analyze it now from the position that we're currently sitting in, and it's just yeah. it's so it's so much fun to do to go back and think about it because I. For me, I, I have to say the experience as a whole has been more positive than anything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't, I really don't, I really don't, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like we get, you know, the, the Snyder Cut movement gets a lot of flack from people on the outside who don't understand, who don't know anything and just basically 
uh, hate on us because it's the because it's the popular thing to do. But it's yeah. so funny because when you see people that like, I love seeing examples of people like Sean O'Connell, who started out yeah, on the other side, who started yeah. out as somebody who really didn't believe in it, didn't think it was going to happen, who really wasn't all you know that invested at all. But then he took the time to care about it, and and he and he got and he got to you know he got involved, and he saw the story, he saw the passion. And, and now look where he is. He's one. He's one of the biggest Zack Snyder fans. He's like totally. Yeah. He's one of us completely. And yeah. it's amazing to see that kind of that kind of thing. It's that kind of thing happen to see mm. people come from a position of the opposition and to totally and then to totally come in and and see the truth and be enlightened. Another cool example of that was uh, Mark Hughes. I remember. Oh, oh yeah, he was, I remember. He was totally he was another one. He was and another then he one. <laughs> connected with Jay Oliver, and he's like, you know what? I've been shown enough stuff to believe that it does exist. And I think he he said last year, last summer, Mark Hughes said that like the cut was over ninety percent finished. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. and I was like, well, see, this is that, fantastic. Well, see, that was that was always my bone of contention. That was always my bone of contention with the, with the people on the real, real anarchy side of the argument. I always, my, my problem was that we had people like that. We had Mark Hughes who would come out and say, it's over 90% complete. They have sources telling them the movie's over 90% complete. When a movie is over 90% complete, then there's literally nothing hindering the release but a studio, but the studio themselves. If the studio says, if a movie is over ninety percent complete, and the studio says, "Okay, I'm ready. We're gonna we're gonna release this movie," there's nothing gonna stop the movie coming out. Any any numerical money issue is not going to impact it in any way, shape, or form. So my problem was always listening to people saying, "Well, you know, at the." The effects aren't done, and it's going to cost this much money to finish, and you know, and they're not going to spend the money, and they're not going to. Well, I don't know if a movie is that close to being complete, and there's a demand for it. And then on top yeah. of it, we had Zack Snyder himself, who's quoted as saying, "It's done." Right. I mean, we had it on a Times Square billboard in New York. <laughs> it's done. In yep. black and white, and you still had people on the other side saying, "No, you know, it's not done. It's gonna take. It's gonna." So that was my problem. My my whole mm. issue was, it's like I, you know, because I agreed with those guys up to up to a point, but then mm. when they when they, but then when they got in on that kick where they started talking about that and started making it seem like that was going to hinder the release. That's where my issue was because that kind of stuff, it's not going to hinder the release. The only thing that was hindering the release at that point clearly was ego because now we have AT&T. They've come in. They've made, their, they made up their mind. And not only are they releasing the cut, but they're giving Snyder millions of dollars to continue doing whatever the hell he wants to do. Yeah, so and in that, that estimated regard, figure is like, for for now, the estimated figure is over forty. They're uh-huh. saying like sixty or eighty. You know, so right? Oh, like, oh yeah, wow. the latest report. The latest report I heard was over a hundred million. Oof. So in that regard, I feel like we're yeah. But what I'm what I'm thinking is he's 
basically adding whatever he whatever he right. wanted that he didn't get to put in. Right. I'm not saying I'm not see, and this is like where I this is where I get like right. I'm not. This is where I where I kind where things kind of get a little bit get a little bit you know disconnected for me because I feel like he has a cut. He has a completed cut that that he finished on his own that he got done that he that he shows to people. I mean, right. what this is my thing. What cut was Jason Momoa referring to? When that MTV guy asked him and said and said about the Snyder cut, and the guy asked him point blank, and he said, "I've seen the cut. I've seen it. It, you know." Right. And he's like, "And he's like, well, the effects aren't done, and it's going to cost you know millions of dollars to finish." I mean, what? Listen, and, man, and, and, next question. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. You don't. Yeah, but but he, but he was like before that. He was like, "You don't think that Zach could, you know, like right?" I, I yeah. mean, that when he said me, that, I was like, "Wow, like we're closer than ever." Right, like, like yeah. he, like what, like this is the, my my whole thing. What cut did Jason Momoa see that you know you guys are saying is is not done? I I don't understand. If Jason Momoa saw it and he's saying what he said, and Zack Snyder himself is saying it's done, what what are we talking about here? That <laughs> that was where my confusion was, and that was what the whole. My whole argument with those guys always was, and that's why I always say it's you know it's passionate, never personal. I, I never understood why it was it was you know oh you just dis- you disagree with me, you're disagreeing with me about this, you're toxic to hell with you, I'm blocking you. I never understood what the what why it would be why it was such a personal issue for people. Like yeah. to me, I, I just I I always thought about it like that, like like. All I'm saying is if the director himself is saying it's done and Jason Momoa is saying that he's seen it, what are we supposed to believe? We're supposed to believe you because you have sources over here that are telling you alleged sources that you can't reveal, but alleged sources that are telling you that, oh, no, it's not done. It's going to cost so much money to finish that that's probably why Warner Brothers won't release it, or that's why Warner Brothers won't release it. The only yeah. reason Warner Brothers didn't want to release it or didn't want to move forward was because of the ego of the people that were in charge that were responsible for Justice League. That's the only reason the movie get, didn't get released. Yeah. It's that and that's simple. the thing, because like when you think about like if before A&T, AT&T intervened with, and they saw the... You know the um, two-year anniversary event of you know this is a worthwhile investment. Right. Um, before that, and it was just us to WB saying like release the Snyder Cut. We weren't thinking AT and T at the time until that event, really. And um, but I rem- I remember thinking like man like if WB really chose to release the Snyder Cut, like I'm sure they're gonna really stress out thinking about how is this gonna make the studio look good. Because, like, if the studio is releasing this director's cut, that's a completely different movie. And, um, but you didn't want to release it back in 2017. Like, what kind of image does that put on the studio? And I'm sure that they had those questions and discussions and concerns. And they're trying to figure out and navigate, like, what kind of image would that give to the studio if they chose to release the Snyder Cut at the time. But thankfully with AT&T's intervention saying, you know, at, like, you know, this is, this is a, 
such a highly demanded movie that nobody's ever seen before that has never been released, you know, like we, and it's going to be on a platform that's going to make the money worthwhile. You know, this, this is a win-win situation when you put it in context with streaming. Right, they've, because streaming, a streaming service like HBO Max has the money to burn. They yeah. can afford because of by the by the nature of what they're doing and the amount of money that's being allocated to these streaming services is enormous. So they can do so they can do what they want to do, and for so for them, it's a financial it's a financial gamble that's already paid off. I mean, when you think about it, we've spent we've spent three years promoting this movie (laughs) we've promoted we've we've promoted this movie on a level that studio a studio couldn't buy this type of promotion there's no fan-made posters all over yeah it it, it, it's just impossible you know the amount of the amount of the amount of the amount of podcasts the amount of tweets the amount of you know fan art the amount of of, of you know the, not to mention all the all the campaigns and all the money donated to suicide prevention in the name of Zack Snyder in this movie. I mean, my God, they if they it's like it's like you would have to be you you would have to be the biggest the biggest dummy alive to not see the economic impact that th- that this that this movie would have from a studio perspective. And mm-hmm. I and that's why I don't. This is why I, I keep saying, Frank. I don't think with with Warner Brothers it was ever about money. It was mm-hmm. just about ego. It was about the people that were in charge at the time. Yep. They didn't want to look bad, be made to look bad. They didn't want to be made to look stupid. They didn't want to be made to look like they made the wrong decision. And that's the well, only. Well, look reason. now too. Emmerich is the one guy from that old regime that's still there. Uh huh. He's the, He's one, the that, one that had to call Snyder. <laughs> yeah, he was the one that had his his uh, image on the line, you know, when when it came to deciding releasing the Snyder cut or not. And uh, and thankfully, and it's really cool too how he's been kind of I, I forget exactly how it's panned out, but whether he was like so promoted that his position has no jurisdiction over whatever happens with HBO Max. Or so, somehow, some way, I forget if, exactly if what but. they're saying in the if what they're saying in the in what they said in the puff piece was true that that Toby Emmerich and I hope somebody yeah. in Justice Con actually asks Zack Snyder this question: Did Toby Emmerich actually call you about this? Because I think that that's Did that, he call that's you a, with a tail between his legs. <laughs> yeah, because imagine you you got to remember, like he's the only, like you said, he's the only one left who wasn't who 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 was there during this big failure. So ultimately, you know, for him to have to be the one to call Zach, that's got to be something else. They're like, I can just just have seen AT and T being like, okay, Toby, you still want to work here? All right. Make you, this need call, you need to call <laughs> Zach and, and, you know, make this right because this thing is real uh, and we're doing it whether you want to be a part of it or not, we're doing it. So mm-hmm. call Zach. I, I, I really, I mean, to me, I just feel like it's, it's, it's justice being served in a way that is so swift and is so amazing. 
and I and I and I and I still believe to this day that if we that if it wasn't for AT and T buying Warner Brothers, we would still be fighting. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny Guaranteed. too because like back in 2017, wasn't the merger happening like at the end of 2017? Too? Yeah, I, yeah, I remember, yeah. Remember, like, it was all about AT&T logos on Justice League teasers remember, in 2017. If you remember, it was all the whole reason the movie was released was because these studio executives knew they were on their way out because of the merger, or didn't know if they would still be there. So right. they wanted to get. So they, yeah, remember they wanted to get their bonuses. Right. So they had to rush this movie out. They had to get this movie out regardless of whatever the circumstances were in order to cash in their bonuses for that for that fiscal year. So yeah. that's what so that's what that was. And and when the you same think company that they were scared it, of in 2017 is the same company that redeemed them in 2020. It's awesome. I know. Karma. And and but but see but see what do you make of the of the rumblings that there's a that there's a civil war going on now between oh, I- I don't between, doubt it. Between AT and T, Warner Media, and Warner Brothers, which is basically the you know the people that are left that you know that don't want that that don't, that didn't want to move ahead with Zack Snyder's vision in any way. Yeah, I don't doubt that there's a, a civil war between Warner Media and Warner Brothers. Um, like, you know, you just because obviously Emmerich he's still over at WB. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's like trying to spread, you know, certain narratives to the people around his office. Be like, hey, you know, this is what actually happened, and this is what actually happened. So you should be thinking and doing this sort of thing, and you know, trying 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 to accumulate people on his side right now. You know, at WB, while Warner Media, they were like, you know, like investigating, realizing, oh, you know, behind the scenes back then, that was. That was some messed up stuff, and you know the way the market is now for for streaming and you know entertainment and shows and movies. You know, it's we've got a whole different paradigm compared to the a film studio paradigm, and so you know it's just that's that's a breeding ground for conflict, I would imagine. And so I wouldn't be surprised with you know little drama and skirmishes behind the scenes between them two. Hopefully, you know, and it's a real question of how far that type of internal struggle will go and how much we'll see the the results of it. You know, will it, will that type of uh, struggle affect the things that we see on HBO max? Will that struggle affect the things that we see in theaters? I don't know. That's hard to say. And, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that struggle reveals itself through the projects that they're making on both studios. Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's, there's so much, you know, there's so much at stake when you have power struggles like that. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's not, and it, I mean, it's not just going on. It's funny because it's not just going on at Warner brothers from what I've been, from what I've been reading, it's going on over at Disney too. <laughs> There's a yep. big struggle going on, particularly in the on the Star Wars front between between the between the Lucasfilm George Lucas loyalists wow. and and the Kathleen Kennedy led faction over at Disney. Gotcha. And they're, yeah. so they're they're struggling. They're going back and forth, uh, fighting the, fighting for 
fighting to see who's going to come out on top in that. Yeah, that I think Kennedy's well. days are numbered. I think because oh just, yes, you know it's no matter how good you know you try to paint what was done with Disney's involvement and development of the Star Wars movies that they've done. You know, I love I love the Force Awakens and I love Rogue One. You know, and so that's kind of, that's kind of a different uh, perspective and you know favorites. You know, in terms because most people either like the Last Jedi or you know, other stuff, but for me, it was Force Awakens and Rogue One. Um, but you know, what, just looking at all those uh, Disney produced uh, Star Wars movies, it's hard to say that those were any better than the things that Lucas did with, uh, especially the original trilogy. And so, and because of the outcry after the Rise of Skywalker, with uh, you know. You know, there was a hashtag even of like release the Lucas cut, even though there wasn't really a Lucas cut necessarily. It's, it's well, not like alleged. Lu- allegedly, there is. That's oh, the oh. that's the thing I was gonna I was actually gonna bring up to you right now. Oh, really? I, okay. I've been reading. I've been reading, and I've seen some uh, some reports that there is an actual Lucas cut of the Rise of Skywalker. So how does that work out? How how was his influence uh, felt he, with Rise of Skywalker? What, what the story is allegedly with the rise of Skywalker, and I and I have to agree with your take on the on the uh, Disney trilogy. I was a big big fan of Rogue One, and I liked some elements of Force Awakens, but I absolutely hated Last Jedi, and Same. I did not yep. and I did not care one bit for Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Same. So I- so. I even mentioned Solo. I haven't seen Solo. <laughs> listen, I, 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 I totally... It's so funny. You said Solo. I completely forgot that that movie was even made. I forgot that it exists. That's how... That, oh, God, that's, that's how much... I haven't seen it. That's how <laughs> bad that movie is. I forgot that it existed. I, I didn't even remember. I didn't even remember. Oh, my God, yes. See, that just goes to show you the depths... I'm hoping that that's how people are ultimately, you know, in years to come, future generations, when it comes to uh, Justice League. Hopefully, people forget that that movie was even made, that there was, that it even existed. It doesn't matter. It's gone. Although, I don't want that to happen, really, because I want people to remember what we did. I want people to remember the fight that we had for in the name of artistic integrity and for Americans for suicide prevention and for Zack Snyder and the injustice that was done upon him. That's what I'm hoping that, that so to me, so that's the one, so that's, but I guess that's the one trade off in order to have that. You're going to have to have people remember that justice league exists and they should always keep, I, I, I swear we could teach a, we could teach a course. We could teach a release. This we could teach a course on this in a in a university oh, yeah. because essentially you you could sh- you could show Justice League as an example of what never to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. But but getting back to you know briefly uh, to the Star Wars discussion. Yeah, allegedly, Lucas, tell me. Allegedly, what happened was Disney was desperate because there were so many. There was so much, so much controversy and so much struggle with the rise of Skywalker that they had gone to George Lucas 
in like in the like it's like a like a like an essentially like an eleventh hour kind of thing. They went oh. to George Lucas and said, "Hey, look, we don't know what the hell we're doing with the with the with this movie. Is there anything you can do to help?" And George Lucas came in and not only had some additional things, he went over it with them and actually had some additional additional scenes ordered some additional scenes shot and those additional scenes were shot and there's also allegedly a different ending to the movie altogether too okay. that that essentially uh is a nice is an actual nice respectable ending to yeah. the saga as a whole and yeah. and allegedly there were when they when they did um when they did test screenings allegedly the the Lucas cut of Rise of Skywalker scored as high as 80 and 90% with test audiences and all the and all the other cuts of the movie that they screened for test audiences were in the low 70s mid 60s but the only reason huh. we didn't get we didn't get the Lucas cut in theaters is because Kathleen Kennedy had final say over the final oh. cut and she didn't want the Lucas the Lucas cut to be the cut no. that they went with. She wanted she wanted the cut we got in theaters. So ultimately, so, so the Lucas cut. So that's going to be because you're saying he came in at the eleventh hour, kind of. Is so that's going to be after the the Trevorrow script, then, right? Oh well, the Trevorrow. Yeah, this is this is the Lucas cut is an actual cut of Rise of Skywalker. Okay. That that exists. It's just another cut of Rise of Skywalker that exists with some different scenes. It's allegedly forty percent different in terms of story and in terms of the direction that they decided to go. So, what was Lucas's role? Was he writing, directing, producing all three? Well, what, what, what yeah. Well, what, no, well, what they said was he came in and he basically took everything that they had. And edited together his own cut of the movie. And there were additional scenes that he wanted that they went out and shot. I don't know if Lucas himself directed these scenes or not. It hasn't been, that hasn't been specified. But allegedly the scenes were, these additional scenes that Lucas wanted in this movie were shot and added in. And then Lucas went in and edited the cut together. Interesting. Edited his own cut of the movie together, and this was one of the cuts that they showed to test at test screenings. And this was going on right up until Rise of Skywalker was released. Rise of Skywalker was, hmm. uh, you know, right up and yeah, right up until the, the the day they released that movie, they were, you know, they were still fiddling with it, trying to decide, you know, really? what they wanted to wow. go with. And Kathleen Kennedy ultimately decided what what she had final cut and decided what version they were going for. So, huh. in my wow. mind, this Lucas cut of Rise of Skywalker, they're saying based on some of the, and I'll send you links to the you know YouTube yeah, please. videos and some of the stuff that I've seen on it. But what I've seen is that allegedly this cut could essentially save because it's so good it's so much better than what we got that it could essentially save 
the Disney the Disney trilogy as a whole. It could save it because that'd be awesome. It's used in a it's done in a way where it's respectful to everything that came before as well as the trilogy that it's trying to close out. So, so I would, don't know, would man. Palpatine would Palpatine still be like the big final baddie that they yeah, go against, yeah, or is it somebody they, else? They didn't. They didn't say. They okay. didn't say. It just says that. It just says that Lucas. It just says that this cut. Lucas went in and and did his did his magic, and it's it's a much it's a much different movie. They say it's about hmm. it's about forty percent different in terms of. Oh, wow. Huh. And in terms of how how it actually how the narrative goes and what actually happens, and there's some scenes with there's an actual scene in the movie allegedly where where Ray is struggling with the fact that she thinks she was just responsible for the death of Chewbacca, and and Ray is on the Millennium Falcon thinking about it, and she. She's asking for help. She asks for advice. And Anakin Skywalker appears to her as a force ghost and actually gives her advice. Oh, wow. And they said, and they said this, scene is, this scene was actually shot. Wow. This was a scene that, that, that Lucas, one of the scenes that Lucas wanted for the movie. And then there, there's, a bunch of, and then there's a bunch of other stuff, too. It's just, it's, it's, but, my, but my way of thinking is... Now that they're they're in, you know, so that's why I'm saying I, I think I think Disney is gonna kind of be looking at this Snyder Cut thing because if this because if this Lucas because if this gets any tra- this Lucas stuff get these rumors about this Lucas cut get any traction they could find themselves in the exact same position that Warner Brothers was in for real. Yeah, it, I mean, I like mean, I, with with the fact that there's you know. N- minimal to no productions being continued in Hollywood with Corona going on. And like, I remember somebody said that, you know, all these studios are probably looking at their uh, catalog and library of films. Like what are films that we have that are done or almost done that we could release and put on our streaming platforms that, so that we can keep the lights on and keep our business going, you know, because they can't, you know, be making more movies right now or partially, you know, or it's going to be slower at least. And so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney starts to think that way. Although it's going to be a big, huge paradigm shift, you know, looking at, for me, looking at how Disney operates and what their paradigm seems to be. It's, it's very corporate driven. It's not director driven type of studio at all from what I see. And so, and you know, having that uh, Lucas cut of uh, of Rise of Skywalker, that'll be the first uh, essential directors or extended cut of any Star Wars movie from what I recall. And so that's going to be, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, and you know where it would end up, it'll end up right on Disney plus. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a win-win for them to boost subscribers. And guess what? What are we in the middle of right now? We're in the middle of the streaming wars. The streaming wars right. have just started. So what's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to have the you're going to have the Snyder Cut about to come out in 2021 that is set to take HBO Max to the top and obliterate the competition. Disney's going to need something else. Disney's got 
Disney's got Mandalorian, but N- Disney's going to need something something else too. So, right. uh, yeah, that Lucas cut of Rise of Skywalker could be one could be one of the aces they got up their sleeve to uh, you know push things together because we know because again Lucas likes to tinker with Star Wars. Like I said, every yeah. home version of the movie that comes out is different from the previous one. So, and it's the same movie. So, so uh but from what I'm hearing though, yeah, this Rise of Skywalker is is very different. I mean, 40% is a big number yeah. when it comes to when it comes to something like that. And I I think that I think And the cool told- thing is is that the fans win either way. You know, like you know, with they decide to release it, then the fans win in the fact that they've got another version of the finale to the saga that they love, you know? And they have an option of like, oh, well, I like the Lucas cut better. Or, oh, I like the the Abrams cut better, you know? And so it's, the fans win. Yeah, well, the cut, well, the cut of, the cut of, from what I hear, the cut of Rise of Skywalker we got in theaters isn't even the Abrams cut. The cut that Abrams, the cut that Abrams wanted, is different from the cut that we got in theaters as well. So there yeah. is a JJ cut of this movie, allegedly mm-hmm. too. But mm-hmm. there, but the one everybody seems to be talking about, the one that seems to be catching fire now, though, is that Lucas cut. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, you see, it was so interesting when uh, when Disney, after Lucas did the the prequel trilogy. The, the Star Wars fans were like, oh, we want, you know, we don't want Lucas in, in charge of Disney or uh, Star Wars films. We want somebody new and different. We don't want Lucas anymore. And then, you know, Disney buys out Lucas films. And so Disney does the Star Wars stuff. And the fans are like, no, we want Lucas back. And now we're getting Lucas back, maybe, you know. And then once you get Lucas back, it's the fans going to react like, no, we don't want Lucas anymore. Well, it's, like, <laughs> it's like this. It's like this. It's like this. It took It took Disney coming in. In doing when doing whatever the hell they wanted to show fans to make fans appreciate how how much of a visionary George Lucas is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, that's you. You don't you you never know really what you have until it's been taken away from you. That's right. And and the reality is, look at what happened here. We had the be- the greatest director that we because we're diehard fans have always appreciated. And so the mistake Warner Brothers made by trifling with Zack Snyder is they totally underestimated the amount of fan support this man has. They yeah. they they grossly underestimated the Snyder fan base to such a gross degree that to think that they could just bring in, you know, bring in Joss Whedon to do anything. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Joss Whedon isn't fit to shine Zack Snyder's shoes when it no. comes to filmmaking. No. And and you're going to and you're going to bring him in to come in and do that and you're going to actually think that he's going to be able to bring you a better movie just because he brought you the Avengers, a couple of Avengers movies. I mean, I think I think what I think a lot of lessons have been learned in this situation oh, on yeah. both sides with Disney too. Ironically, I think Disney, I think really, yeah. I mean, they should have went to Lucas and listened to him 
and took his input seriously because he is the creator of Star Wars. So yeah. ultimately, if he gives you some advice, gives you some input, gives you treatments for movies, you should seriously consider that. You shouldn't be like, oh, no, George, sorry. You're, 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 you had a good run, but your time has passed. We're going to go in a new direction. Well, we see how successful that new direction is. Right. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for the Mandalorian right now, nobody would be talking about Star Wars. That's oh, totally. how yeah. that's how damaged the brand is essentially. Yeah, and I agree. and if and if Disney thinks that putting out that George Lucas cut of Rise of Skywalker is going to is going to help try to technically help salvage this trilogy in some way. They'll do it if they think that the, that it can get them some goodwill. That they'll put it out there. So yeah. I think I think I I don't think this is going to be one of those situations where we're going to have to you, you know we're going to have to they're going to they're going to even have to wait three years like we had to for the Snyder <laughs> Cut. I think what I think what's going to what's what's going to tip the scales and is going to make it possible for the George Lucas cut to get released is the fact that they have Disney Plus and the fact yeah. that. Kathleen Kennedy is most likely on her way out the door. And right. once once she's gone, oh that'll it's, be huge. It's yeah. it's the it's the same it's the same it's the equivalent of all these uh the, all these crazies being gone at Warner Brothers and AT&T stepping in and saying, right. "Okay, we're going to release this thing." And I and I think that's I think that's just what's going to happen, but I think it's I think in the case of Star Wars it's going to be far more expedient because I because they're they're uh, they they've been allegedly having meetings daily about what to do with Star Wars. It's that it's that serious. I mean the, the whole yeah. thing is is nuts. I, I you know I even heard uh, Kevin Smith had made a joke not too long ago where he had said, uh, "How long you think it'll be before Disney uh, makes an animated movie out of the Colin Tre- Trevorrow uh, episode nine script?" Ooh, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you get it? Did you did you read did you read the Colin Trevorrow? Uh, I didn't read it. I heard bits and pieces from other YouTubers, um, but it was it sounded leagues better than I. I actually happened. I actually did read a little bit of it, and then I went on uh, on YouTube and I listened to uh, a fan uh, fan table read of the script. Oh wow! They actually, they actually have it online. You can listen to it. There's a group of fans that got together and decided one day to to read the script. And they got they cast people in the different roles, and they they actually they actually do a pretty good job. So if you want to know what the if you re- are yeah, really we'll curious about the movie, will be what the movie would be. Yeah, definitely check that out. That's that's a uh, that's a pretty big uh, that's a pretty big uh, big thing. And I and I will and I have to say. 100% that if we got that movie in theaters instead of the one that we we got, I think a lot more people would be happy. Oh yeah, 100%. I agree. And it would be almost it would be so much it would have been so much better. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't have made the the difference in terms of the trilogy being considered great, but at least no, the yeah. trilogy would not have been considered a complete failure. Right. Which, because now even though I liked Force Awakens and you liked Force Awakens, I, it's hard to watch Force Awakens. I can't sit down yeah. and watch Force Awakens now 
knowing what comes after Force Awakens. It's like watching <laughs> it's like watching Justice League and you're like and after you watch Justice League you're like it's like all your enthusiasm for for the future of the DC yeah, just, 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 def- just yeah. deflates like a balloon. You're just like yeah. What do I got to do? Well, now? the biggest issue I think for, and I think a lot of fans can agree that the biggest issue with the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and also with uh, the Snyder's arc for between Man of Steel, BVS, and Justice League, and you know, compared to Marvel's uh, Infinity Saga, is that there was coherent vision that we're dealing exactly. with, like. The Force Awakens starts with one vision that teases Obi-Wan playing some type of role with a lightsaber. And then we don't get any payoff in The Last Jedi. In fact, The Last Jedi is all about subversion, which has a place. But, like, it's also you you got to respect the mythos as well, I think. And, and then there's, like, zero payoff for both of those in The Rise of Skywalker. And so there's this lack of coherent vision for this whole trilogy and the case is also made compared to justice league to, you know, BVS and man of steel. It's that lack of coherent vision that kind of makes that, uh, viewing experience disjointed. And you, you kind of see it also a little bit with, uh, the infinity saga as the years go on. Like, I think it was like, for me, when I'm, when I'm watching the Marvel movies chronologically, and like some point after Doctor Strange, or where things started to get more uh, Disney, I call it Disneyfied, like Disneyfied, and so like they add more jokes and humor at the expense of of other important aspects of what makes a film good, and uh, you know that's reflected with Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider Man and Thor Ragnarok and stuff like that. You know you start to see that decline of not only quality, but a coherent vision where you actually see contradictions of, of, uh, the universe with Marvel, sure, sure. you know? Yeah, and so it's yeah. that whole, the key, the key thing for all those franchises is having that coherent vision. And thankfully with the Snyder cut, it's, you're getting that coherent vision because it all stemmed from that one creator of Zack Snyder, you know? That's and, where, and that's one of the things that, you know, it's like we, why as fans now, we should be 100% thankful because at least at DC, as, as DC fans, yes, we're getting a complete coherent vision. By yeah. the time this is all over, we'll have gotten a complete story that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas yep. with Star Wars, you couldn't get that because you had too many cooks in the kitchen with Star Wars. You, you right. don't, you don't, I mean, I, I, I think, I think they, you know, I think somebody said, had made a comment that, you know, oh well, you know, J.J. Abrams should have just directed the whole should have just directed the whole thing. Then it would have been better. And I, and I say, well, no, not necessarily because Disney would have had mandates in there where they right. would have where they would have made changes and they would have did things that they that they wanted to do. So you can't completely blame J.J. Uh, Abrams, but at the same time, I mean. <laughs> You know, ultimately, it it all falls on the shoulder of the studios that are paying for these movies and are distributing and putting these movies out. It's Warner Brothers' fault, just like it's Disney's fault for Star Wars. 
Mm-hmm. You, the, the, yep. you know, I mean, we're there's a there's a lot of parallels. I mean, there really <laughs> is. It's it's bizarre. It's like it's like with with Marvel, you know, they kind of let Feige control everything and do what he wanted to do. Right. He kind of I, I believe the way they have it working over there is he kind of has final say over everything because yeah. it's his overall vision. They needed right. with the DCEU, they needed to leave Snyder in that position and right. let Snyder do his thing and let Snyder appoint and allow other directors to play in his sandbox right. if it's appropriate. Right. But what they but what they don't do is what they did, where they, they, they inserted another director, tried to supplant him, because there you go, now you, you, you don't have a coherent vision. Now right. we don't know where the hell you're going with any of your movies. Now you're just doing anything. It's just right. sort of a it's just like a it's like every time you, you check DC out, it's just a potluck. You know, you don't know <laughs> like where did this movie come from? Who asked for this movie? Why are we getting this movie? When they made the announcement, oh, we've got Birds of Prey and we've got Trench coming out and we've got this Yo, this coming out. You remember, like, it was, like, around 2017 and 2018, they were announcing films left and right. They was like, oh, we're doing Nightwing, we're doing Harley Quinn, we're doing, uh, you know, uh, Joker and another Joker and Harley, and we're going to do a Blue Beetle, and we're going to do a Booster Gold. And it's like, what? You're coming out with all these, like, announcements, but there's no, there's no direction, there's no, uh, again, vision, and, you know, nothing's sticking. You're just throwing things on the wall, see if, if people like it or not. And, but you know, there's even then you're not really following up with those types of decisions. If they're even decisions to begin with. And I was like, right. It was such a right. weird phase for them back right. then. The, the problem is they, they have to have one guy at the top. They got to have one guy at the top that, that oversees everything and they just like because uh, to be honest to me there was nothing wrong with the slate that they had back when Snyder oh, was, was in perfect. charge. Yeah. I mean it was perfect. We were going to get Cyborg, we were going to get the Flash. It was going to spin off into other stuff. It was going to be great. Yep. Yeah, it was going to be fantastic. I I don't understand why they would It's not like Snyder was being like Christopher Nolan where it was like he only had his vision for the three movies he was doing and didn't right. care about anything else. Snyder's ultimate plan was to branch out the universe and and eventually, I believe he eventually wanted to tackle the multiverse. That's where yeah. I think Zack Snyder was going from the get-go. So I don't understand why they didn't just let him do his thing and allow him to allow him to do you know, to Well, they to were scared the of the critics and bloggers. That's what it was. Yeah. They were yeah. scared of well, the... Now, well, now that they have HBO Max, yeah, those critics and no bloggers have been have been rendered irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So now, so now we can. So now it's just like, okay, well, so what? You didn't like it. So what? Okay, well now we still doing? watched well, it, right? You still well, paid still for the subscription, it. right? Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, I feel like Scott Mendelson is probably still crying in his beer from when from when Zack Snyder sna- uh, smacked him that day. I'll never forget that day. Oh, that day that Zack Snyder spanked Scott Mendelssohn. Oh, it was fine. Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The day that Zack Snyder actually showed the physical canisters and said, and, and then he's like, 
That's an assembly cut. Yeah, oh, okay. And then Zach came out and laid the smack down, and you haven't heard nothing from Scott Mendelson since. Oh, man. I I saw a little bit of, like, kind of butt-hurtness a little bit later on after that, like, sparingly. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah well, so, I, you know, I remember nice. getting attacked by... I remember getting attacked by Scott Mendelson's people. Scott Mendelson has a few little trolls that like to pop up in the Snyder Cut uh, uh, chats every now and then and make sure. stupid comments. But it doesn't matter because Zack Snyder erased you. So we, we don't have to worry about it. It doesn't matter what you say to me. I'm just a fan. I don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, Frank, it, it, it's it's amazing to me. We... We've we've come. I mean, I feel like we've all come a long way. It's it's been beautiful. Oh. I, I, I I I can't imagine. I, I mean, I can't. Couldn't. I, it's like when you sit here and you think about where we are in terms of DC and where we're headed. I mean, can we really? Can we ask for better? I don't think we can. I think we're at a point where you know it's like okay, this is this is the direction. The only greater thing to me would be if they announced like a Kingdom Come movie. But even then, I would be scared if like they just did one thing wrong, maybe with it, you know. But like with all the stuff that's been buzzed around with like Batman Beyond and stuff like that, like oh my god, what a dream world we're in right now! That's so fantastic. I can't wait for DC. We we haven't we haven't even touched we haven't even touched upon all that. We're almost at the end of this show, and we haven't even had a chance to talk about any of that other stuff. But that's how. But see, but that just goes to show you, Frank, how what a good place that we're in as yeah. as DC fans right now. There's so much to be excited about. There's so much to look forward to, and the difference between now and back then when they were just throwing you know names of characters at the wall, saying we're making a movie about this one, this one, and this one, with nothing to back it up. The difference here is. AT&T isn't talking unless they're backing it up. AT&T knows what we want. We've made that clear, and they and they are delivering. So it's not even an issue now. It's like, oh, 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 you guys want you guys want Beth, Beth Flack to come back? Maybe he'll answer the call. And they got a little <laughs> gif of Ben Affleck by the bad signal. I'm just like, okay, this is insane. AT&T is. He's yeah. not playing around. They're like, you know, they're making it clear that they have that they've not only reached out to Batfleck, but they are going to roll out the red carpet if he's ready to come back. Here's yeah. your cape. Uh, look, I, I just, I, I really, you know, to me, and, and as far as you know, Keaton and Batman Beyond or Keaton and Flashpoint, I'm all for that too. As far as I'm concerned. Sure. You know they they can do AT and T can do no wrong right now in my eyes when it comes to DC. I, yeah. I feel like they they've they've righted the ship. All we have to do now is survive survive into twenty twenty one so we can so we can see it all happen, Frank. Yeah. That's all it is. We just have to make sure we live <laughs> <Just> long <survive>. enough. <laughs> just got to survive. We just got to get through get through the rest of this year. So somehow noodles or <laughs> even if it's even if it's even if it's ramen noodles and never coming out of your house, whatever whatever you have to do to live between now and just make sure you have plenty of water yeah. and ramen noodles. You know, you pay your rent and you pay your uh, or your or your mortgage and you pay your uh, uh, you know your HBO sure. Max subscription and have your <laughs> internet and you should be okay. Yeah, you just and your electric bill. <laughs> That's it. 
I mean, I I, I just beautiful thing um, too is that like the fact, the way, and the reason why HBO Max is and AT and T they're really helping to save the day with this DC properties and franchise is that like the the streaming platform and that economy that market is so vastly different than the Hollywood theatrical uh, release model where it's like you you have to churn out a movie every two years with the Warner Brothers Studios model, right? So it's a slower production rate with with that type of model. But because of a streaming platform, uh, you can green light all sorts of projects left and right and instantly upload them and make it viewable for audiences. And you're already getting the money back because subscribers are built into the to the uh, the platform. So it's like, you know, it's such a different market and economy with that type of model with streaming that all those green lighted projects can be backed up because of that subscription model. And so that's what makes it that much more exciting. And we're not doubting that they're going to move ahead with these projects like we were two years ago because that model is what helps to back up the guarantee that we're going to see these things. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I'm hesitant to, uh, to move to another topic because we're, because <laughs> we're, we're coming, we're coming in towards the end of the show. So I'm, I'm like hesitant to start another topic because I know that you and I could oh, probably we'll try to make it quick. We could probably go on. We could probably go on for another three, four hours. So what I'm gonna what I'm gonna suggest is that maybe what we'll do is we'll uh, I'm gonna have you back on here after uh, Fandom. Ooh, okay. That way, that way we'll have moved past Justice Con and Fandom. Oh man, we're gonna be we'll like have, foaming at the we'll, mouth. Talk- and we'll have, we'll have so much. <laughs> we'll 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 have even more to talk about. So we'll we'll come back and we'll do that. I think I'll do. That'll be what will. That'll be like the first. That'll be like the first Zod Rider show I do after Fandom. It'll be sounds uh, great. I'll, I'll have you back and we'll we'll go there. So so to I'm so down. to wrap so do to wrap so to wrap things out up, man. To wrap things up because we've covered a lot of uh, a lot of stuff here tonight. Can you tell everybody where to find you and and uh, what and what you're about? Yeah, sure. Um, so on Twitter, you can find me at Frank's Fandoms. And um, I'm I'm working to change my logo a little bit because before it was like the, and I think you see it on my uh, the Skype thing where it's like the, the Captain America shield and then the the Man of Steel Superman shield on the other half. But I'm trying to change it to more like a, I'm working on like a Kryptonian style type of uh, a logo. Yeah, uh, I saw I saw the the uh, the other logo, the one that I I was using that yeah. you had had. Uh, yeah. When I was promoting this episode, um, yep. and, and that looks pretty decent, yeah, yeah. And I took that from it was actually from a behind-the-scenes uh, featurette of Man of Steel, and they had these different logos, like you know, from the movie where uh, the House Vell that crest it means hope, and then there's other logos like Zod, uh, that's his own uh, family crest, but there's other logos too, and they actually represent different uh, faction or you know, roles of society in Kryptonian society. So the one that I picked for my logo for recently, the the gray, the black and white one, 
That's uh, it stands for like an artist or artisan, and so, and I just use that as like a a a way to represent that you know the Snyder Cut movement that I've been a part of for the past couple of years. It's it's about creative freedom, you know, and so and artistic integrity and all of that. So uh, just adapting that into my logo there. So that's that's what I'm about. That's because I'm an artist myself, believe it or not. I'm a musician, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I resonated and connected with the Snyder Cut movement is because as an artist, I can relate to uh, what Snyder was going through at the time. Like if I if somebody screwed up my song when I was recording it or something, like I'd be devastated too, you know. And you know, there's obviously more that Zach dealt with than that, but um, you know, I could relate to that in that regard with as an artist. And so, so that's what I'm about. And, um, and again, you can find me on Twitter at Frank's fandoms. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if you, uh, if you'd be, if you had, had appeared on any, uh, had appeared on any recent podcasts or anything recently. Uh, I mean, there was, um, sometimes I hop in on Lightcast. Right. Hey, I, I think I'd seen you on Lightcast a couple of times. Yeah. And and Matt's Matt is a great guy. I love I yeah. love uh interacting and dealing with Matt. So shout outs to Lightcast. Definitely yeah. definitely uh definitely some good stuff. I'm um so it's always it's always a pleasure uh to deal with Lightcast. Uh what I, I guess um where I guess the, the I guess I could ask you like a quick question. Uh where do you see uh the Snyder Cut movement going now that now that we're now that we're get we're getting the cut hot where the posting hilarity <laughs> yeah yeah like where do you see where do you see where do you see us going from here as a movement well i really hope and i'm firmly believe that we're gonna continue supporting afsp oh, and yes. and you know uh, suicide prevention and also championing for directors visions and creative freedom if those two things continue for the snyder cut movement i think that's what that's what's going to help us to stay together those two causes of suicide prevention and creative freedom that's the main drive and basis and reason for the snyder cut movement existing and as long as we continue doing that for all artists and for all people that are struggling with mental illness um, that's, that's a huge and great thing to, to be a part of and to support. And so as long as we do that together, continue to do that together, uh, that's, that's a great future to be a part of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've been listening to the Zod Rider show on PSN-radio.com for everybody listening. And if this is your first time listening to the show, you picked a great night to listen uh, I've been doing this show for a long, long time, and I plan to continue it for as long as I'm alive. Um, <laughs> we, we've, uh, yeah, we've cut, co- we've covered quite a bit. We've covered quite a bit on the show today, and like I said, I definitely uh, want to have you back on as soon as uh, uh, Fandom is done, oh. because I think we're gonna have. I think it's gonna be one of <laughs> one of the greatest shows, man. We're gonna be oh, talking yeah. about. We're gonna be talking about so much. But uh, look forward to it. Yeah. Every everybody listening, stay tuned. There's some more some more uh, con- more content coming up here on PSN-radio.com, and I will uh, see you next week, where my guest will be 
Chris Wong Swenson of the Ping Pong Flick Ooh. Show. So that'll be good. And then that, and then after, and then the week after that, that leads into uh, the le- the last show that I'll have here, the last Zod Rider show I'll have here, leading into Justice Con, will be uh, Jonita Davis. Nice. So that'll be a, so that'll be another good show. So every so I, I've I've been kind of keeping the road to Justice Con. I have want, I wanted the road to Justice Con to be a, to be a good one to be yeah. with some awesome. good some good people. So it's gonna so it's gonna be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week and hopefully everybody out there will tune in. And this episode is going to be appearing on the uh, PSN Radio SoundCloud page as well as Spotify. So if you are are unable to listen to it live, you can always catch the catch the show later on there and listen to it at your convenience. But good night, everyone.